It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Welcome to this week's episode of the RSL Sunday podcast with Marcos, Royce, and Connor. This week, we're going to be looking into some of our recent transfer business um, and also discussing some things that we'd want to see out of the team tactically this season. Yeah, absolutely. And before we jump right into all of that, um, we're going to go over some uh, some, uh, uh, trivia that we posted on our Twitter page, so at RSL Sunday podcast. So our weekly trivia question that we put on there for you guys was, which rookie was selected second overall in the 2006 draft by Real Salt Lake? Um, so some of those, the answers were Medi Bellucci, Nick Bassanio, Jamie Watson, or Ryan Johnson. Um, and the answer to that one is Medi Bellucci. You guys probably, way back when, Medi Bellucci, 2006. Yeah. yeah. I was a little young was... back there, but yeah, I still remember. <laughs> no, I definitely remember him. Yeah, that's how he got he his was, career uh, launched and started with us. Yeah, yeah, he was actually one of my first sports cards. Actually, uh, <laughs> that first season of like RSL here, they were just handing out a bunch of free sports cards and had like Scott Garlic and all those <laughs> old legends, and it was just yeah. super funny. And I always loved his afro too. I was always you could always point him out like that. Yeah. Yeah, him and Devin Zandival, I think, have had probably the best hair throughout the three years. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, but like, like... No, go ahead. Yeah, like you said, uh, with with, uh, with this this week, we've had some big, big signings and then some departures as well. Correct, yeah. Um, one of the things that we we see is uh, Roscoe getting loaned out to Santos Laguna in Mexico. Um, I think that's a good move for him. Get some good consistent minutes um, in a bigger league and just start working towards getting to be a consistent first team player for us. Uh, I'm excited to see how he develops out there. Yeah, I'm always yeah, for loaning out those young dudes because great minutes for him, obviously, and he's not getting in the team here, so might as well have him develop somewhere. So exactly, I like this as long as he's coming back a better player. It's win-win for both sides. Yeah, no, yeah, and, and it does seem kind of sad just because he is such a young talent. Um, but he wasn't getting a lot of minutes with us, and neither with the Monarchs. So I feel like send him off to Santos Laguna, who they're kind of a a mid-table team right now and mm-hmm. it's not it's not too sad because he is on loan so when yeah, we want him back, back i can we'll, we'll, we'll bring him back when he's like fully talented so yeah no it'll be it'll be super excited for him i'm sure he's excited to get out there and get to work um another uh big topic for us is we um are seeing one of our new players arrive back in uh, we see Carlos Gomez getting into Utah yesterday, finally flying in, um, getting settled in. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Oh, I, I'm stoked. Um, it, it took a little longer than we we wanted just because of the whole visa situation. And yeah, sometimes the, the work visas can be tricky. Yeah, but glad he's here. Glad he's right before the season starts, so he'll be able to get a, 
a few preseason games. So now they're they're heading down to Arizona for the the Tucson Cup. So hopefully get some minutes there. Yeah, and he's he's getting the Utah welcome with this weather. You're not easing him into it whatsoever. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. It, exactly. But no. Super excited for him. I mean, it's addressing some depth that we need. There's definitely some other positions. Um, someone else we were also rumored with to sign was one of his national natives as well as another Colombian, which I can't complain about. I'm loving this. I'll sign yeah. any Colombian we can get. Yeah. But we've been in contact uh, for to sign defender Brian Vera. And mm-hmm. he's a left back. So... 24 years old and I don't know it would just be another great signing I think he'd fit right in the squad he's already got a bunch of experience under his belt uh one thing I noticed is all the local fans were very 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 upset when this news broke so I yeah. think that can only mean a few good things for us in that yeah. case no definitely it's another <laughs> bad thing and I think with the departure of Herrera and also of Orozco I think he kind of fills that void because he's a left back and also kind of a center back. So he's like a, he's a Swiss army knife. And you'd have to think they're bringing someone in. They're not just going to leave us completely high and dry in that position. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's kind of funny now with the potential signing of him from Columbia. Now we have three Brian's on our team, all three different spellings. So (laughs) really, really funny. That is funny. Um, Speaking of like, the forwards we were bringing in. Um, One thing that I noticed this week um, on Tuesday, they announced the Monarchs team for 2023 and Mm -hmm. they actually didn't include Axel Kai on that list. So I don't know what that means as far as how much minutes we can be expecting out of him (laughs) with the first team uh, or what's going to be happening there. But that's got me excited. Um, Definitely to see that means we're going to be seeing a lot more of him this season with the first team. Yeah, he was still kind of getting over a slight injury that he had um, during yeah. the offseason, but I, I would be more than thrilled to see him pick up some minutes with mm-hmm. him and Anderson Julio and yeah. some of the other guys who, who kind of rode the bench last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big thing is, like, one of our weakest links right now on the team is striker. So, I mean, mm-hmm. club's planning on signing someone else. I mean, they wanted to re-sign Cordoba, it sounded like, and now a bunch of other MLS teams are interested in him, but I think he has a big chance to break into some yeah, number nine is... minutes up top this season for sure yeah, with how it's... weak we are. Right now, yeah. For him to be able to get a good breakthrough this year, if he puts his head down and just works and dedicates to his craft, I think we're going to see some good stuff out of him this season. 100%. And then speaking of, of Cordova, he just really got picked up by Vancouver Whitecaps. Um mm-hmm. What do you get? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Because funny enough, uh, going back to it, we, we first game of the season is against Vancouver in yeah. Vancouver. So yeah, it's honestly it was a little bitter for me. I I I don't know. I hate guys letting guys go for free and then just I don't know. I know he was alone, so we obviously weren't going to get anything out of him. But I don't know. It's a little tough to see him go to another team and especially to have to play them first week. I just pretty pretty to God he doesn't score on us. Yeah. <laughs> um, just for me, like, I don't know. I thought he's a good player, and time will tell, depending on his replacement. I mean, if his replacement is better than him, then we probably won't care at all. But at this moment in time, we're really thin there, and 
I was doing some research. He's having a goal involvement about every 209 minutes, which mm-hmm. isn't the best from your starting striker. So I know he wasn't always a natural goal scorer and actually yeah. never really played up top before. But yeah, I don't know. I think if we could get someone to put forth a few more numbers this season, that'd be a lot better signing for us. Yeah, I, I just hope him all, all the best on his next adventure in yeah. Vancouver up north. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, but I, I hope that this means more minutes for Rubin and Anderson Julio, just the mm-hmm. guys who kind of rode the bench who didn't get yeah. enough minutes and enough attention that they needed to. Yeah, we, we definitely hope him the best, except for week one. Uh, that that just makes <laughs> yeah. that the stinker of a lifetime exactly. that week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and and with that, with the with the season coming up, and kind of crazy to believe, it's about about two and a half, three weeks yeah. out. Coming, coming up, what, what what kind of formation are you guys looking at of starting lineup and, and all of that? For me, I mean, um, I don't, yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, Rose. All right, yeah. Well, I think last year we running the four three three a lot, and honestly, with our new wingers, I think we're gonna have to continue to do that, honestly, because those are definitely our strongest positions. I mean, once Stavarino is in those positions on the wing, he can pretty much take anyone on. And then we'll just have to see with our new sign, Carlos, if Carlos Gomez, if he can do it on the other side, then we'd have a huge attack and threat from those sides. So as long as we can play up a little and get to those guys, I think that's our best opportunity. But I hope that's how we're running it. Yeah, no, yeah. And I I think one, not necessarily related to the formation, but just tactically, I'd just like to see us with such a young team running some sort of a press, maybe not – a constant press but at least like if you lose the ball press hard for like 15 to 20 seconds to try to get it back type of thing um i think just with us having so many young legs and even on the bench having so many young legs i think we need to be outrunning every single opponent every match yeah exactly um i <clears throat> i'm a fan of the the four three three as well um but I, I kind of want to go back to the days of Jason Christ when he was coaching back to the, the yeah. diamond formation, the, yeah. the four, 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 two diamond. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would go with Oviedo and then Glad and Silva right there. And then Brody. I think that's a solid back line. Yeah. I like that. Um, and then obviously I, I want Pablo Ruiz cause he's that good defensive midfielder who can kind of go back on defense and then have an attack. Yeah, he and just the kind one of dictates player, the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one player who I'm still on edge with, who whether he should start or whether he should play, is Justin Merrim. I'm not sure if he's too old yeah. for the game or, or or if he's kind of still in between. Yeah, um, I feel like he'd be best off the bench this year because he does. Yeah. He's, a, he's definitely a good player to have in the team. He's experienced. He's played all over. He knows what it takes to win. But I don't know. I just don't see him being able to consistently put in like a good 60 to 70 minute shift versus how much yeah. more impactful he might be coming in for like, say, 30 minutes off the bench where he can really just give it his all. Versus yeah. tired defenders, too. I mean, that helps him a lot since he's getting exactly, older. Yeah, um, playing tired. That extra stamina is just mm-hmm, it's giving you more pace at the end, exactly. make you seem faster than you actually are. So if you can fit him in that way and I don't know, blend him in, but him and Anderson Julio could be two really important, crucial subs this year that mm-hmm. can come off the bench and really change any game they come into, depending on the score, whether we're winning, 
or losing, like trying to just get some counters when we're trying to hold a lead or even just trying to catch one. I think we're pretty versatile how we can change our tactics in the second half to do that. Yeah, and that's why I really do love Julio off the bench because he's just got that pace and going against a tired team after they've been running their guts out for the last 60 minutes, having a guy like him off the bench to just completely put them in the burners is is a, a nice piece to have. Oh, absolutely. And, and we saw that when we had Jao, Jao Plata with us on the team. Yeah. Same, same kind of size. We'll plot that a little bit smaller. But still, yeah. the energizer buddy mentality. Mm-hmm. When you come off the bench, it's just like, we're just going to run them until they have no more energy. And exactly. That's what Julio is exactly. And that's the so, type, sort of the type of mentality I want from all the guys this season I want, is just run that other team off the pitch. Because I mm-hmm. think with teams when – because RSL obviously isn't the most – like the financial moguls of the MLS. We're not bringing in these massive big name talents every summer, being breaking the bank, spending yeah. money. Um, so I think those, when you are a team like that, you really have to take advantage of the things you can control, which is like effort. Um, the other team might be a little more skillful than you in some positions, but if you're not running your guts out, then that's when you're going to have a problem with me. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, a lot, a lot of fans are still wanting like big name signings before the season, but I, mm-hmm. I think that we're still, I think we're still pretty stacked, um, per se, when it comes to subs with young talent, with, with Bodie Hidalgo, with Diego Luna, and yeah. players like that, mm-hmm. and like, and like yeah, Daniel really, Masowski. We're really starting to see the the academy talent start to come through, which is exciting. Yeah, with like a- Axel as well. So. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it would be nice for us to still sign some big-name players, but I, I think we just have to respect the academy and just respect the young talent that we have up and coming. Yeah, so because that's, at the end of the day, that's the approach we're taking as a club, is we're going we're gonna to build it ourselves. We're not going to buy it. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're not... We're L- kind of forced not, our hand that way. Yeah, we're not LAFC. We're not New York. None of these big-name clubs. So we kind of have to do that. do it that way with being a small market. Exactly. All right, I guess one thing I kind of wanted to bring up. um, What impact do you think Crylock is going to have this season? Because I feel like we definitely just missed his presence, kind of controlling the game and, like, being that true captain on the field and leading us. And, I mean, you can argue he's the third greatest RSL player of all time. So I'm just super excited to have him back, honestly. I kind of forgot what it was like to have him in the team and cheer Mm -hmm. everyone, like, captain everyone like that. Yeah, well, and I think he's also a guy who his, he never lets his head down, and I think he's good at keeping everyone else around him, like, motivated and in the game. We go a goal down, he's the guy you see yelling at everyone, come on, like, let's let's get this, we're still in this type of thing. And so I think it's big to have that type of guy back on the field and also just in the locker room. Yeah, 100%. And with w- w- talking about the, the starting lineup and the, the format that we want, I, I totally forgot to mention Krylock, of course. Like he, he did miss all of last season, but I feel like he is he is our, the captain that we want to replace. So I, I feel like he is that that head of the the attack that, that we want mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, well and he he also along with how I was saying, um, like we just need that person who kind of dictates the game. I feel like he mm-hmm. is kind of one of those people. He'll hold up the ball up top and Oh yeah, runners he's, dictate people where to go. He he kind of he just understands the game and knows how it's supposed to be played. Oh yeah, he's perfect. He's like the definition of Swiss Army knife. I mean, mm-hmm. he's almost played every single position in our team. 
yeah. he can play up top no problem play attacking mid which is like yeah. his best position i guess you could say but he can also just drop back play center mid or he can defensive mid if he has to yeah. so i just love his versatility and how much yeah, he really brings to the do, table he's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done which is why i think a lot of rsl fans love him and i think that's why he's such a good captain as well because he he does the dirty work mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Um, one thing I wanted to um, bring up also um, was uh, how the – did you guys see the RSL team training with the Jazz this week? I did. That was uh, – I, I, we saw the, that collab when they came to Rio Tinto. Yeah, they came the Jazz they did it. Yeah, they reversed it. I, I, I kind of like that. See. Same, same ownership, so they're they're just all coming together. Yeah, well, and I think those are just good team building experiences. That's how you build camaraderie between the guys. And if if everyone just shows up to practice and just goes straight home afterwards, and no one's ever intermingling with each other, I think it's hard to build some real like chemistry. But if if there's some genuine friendships and bonds between the team, I think it really goes a long way. And on the field, when guys need to start fighting for each other and putting in that extra effort because they care about the other guys around them. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you guys knew, but uh, Demir Krylock and Boyan Bogdanovich last year were, like, best friends. They were actually mm-hmm. really? hanging out, and they'd, like, text That's each funny. other and go to each other's games and stuff. So it was just That's super funny. funny that, yeah. What do you yeah, guys but... think uh, had the best jump shot of the boys? I would have to go with, See... with, with Maram. Maram looked like he was pretty clean on that. Yeah, he did look like Yeah, he made that one step-back three-pointer. Yeah. <laughs> The pictures are just hilarious from that whole event. It, it, it was funny to see a difference. Few, yeah, especially seeing like Walker Kessler and then Jordan yeah. Clarkson just just having fun with them. So exactly. it, it's fun to see see both sports just interact like that. Yeah, well, and I think it is. It's also super telling when you see Axel Kai at events like that, and that shows a lot of what they think. Like he's really a part of the first team. I think. I think there's no going back down and just being a full-on Monarchs player for him. I think he's really going to be there with us this whole season. Oh, absolutely. And then uh, along with this that took place with RSL joining uh, the Jazz at practice, um, they, they announced, uh, obviously, Apple TV. Um, but Dunny, uh, Brian Dunseth, is going to be joining Apple TV as some of the one of the commentators, which is huge news for us because, obviously, we're not going to be having local broadcasts because Apple TV is going to be doing that. So I'm excited for that. That's that's exciting. Yeah, cool. yeah. He's one of my favorite announcers. He's yeah, a, he's he's great. He's known his stuff. I mean, he played for us, and what he scored the first RSL goal of all time, and then stabbed mm-hmm. the corner flag in the ground. So yeah. he's just a legend, and he definitely deserves this. And when he was doing games for ESPN or whoever, now and then, I just knew this was coming because I actually really enjoy him, and I think he's great in his job. Yeah, he's super passionate. Yeah. What I think you you love to see at announcers are not just there going through the motions. He really cares, and you can tell that he's just as involved in the game as you are as a fan, and you can feel that when he talks about it. Oh, absolutely. It is kind of upsetting that they did revert to going with Apple TV, but yeah. I guess that's what that's what they want to do to the way things grow, are going, grow the business or whatever. But yeah. I think it is a little but, risky too, yeah, not having it just guaranteed on like a local channel like that because 
you might just lose out on some of those casual viewers that you had that can't really be bothered to go and make the extra effort on the Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is kind of hard with the, the MLS trying to grow their fans. Um, how, how are they supposed to do that when people are supposed to buy Apple TV? But we'll, we'll, we'll see come this year and, and how it works. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited, I think. I think it'll be it'll be good. Um, there might be a few hitches on the way, kind of like with the first week of Amazon Prime for Thursday night football. I remember there was all those memes of people not being able to find their Thursday night football <laughs> because they didn't know how to get on the Amazon TV. So I'm sure we'll see something along the lines of that. But I think it'll be it'll be good for the season or for the MLS as a whole because I think it helps maybe a fan who really is a big MLS fan that hasn't been able to watch a lot of the other teams. I think it does. It's going to help a lot with that. And there, there can be like a true super fan because you're going to be able to watch all the games. Yeah. And what's really cool about Apple TV so far with the MLS is you can go back and watch other games. So you can go back and watch yeah. the 2009 MLS cup. You can watch like little documentaries that they have on there. So yeah, I, I, I've, cool. I've checked a few, checked a few of them out and I've, relive the glory days and i've watched the <laughs> 09 mls cup i i I, re, I refuse to go back and watch the 2013 pk oh, so i don't want to oh yeah i, I don't want to go cry i can't believe that was I, 10 years ago now <laughs> that's absolutely crazy bad. that's crazy i think my favorite thing about our mls cup is the fact that we were the last team to get in the playoffs and we were in the eastern conference yeah, bracket i just really, think that's hilarious it was, it was <laughs> the most cinderella story you could get we really weren't supposed to be there so bizarre that'll always be our story and that's what makes it so great is i think <laughs> it's a perfect way for a utah team to win a, a national like ch- trophy like that right exactly but the next one will but, be even better because there's gonna be a next one that's right you got you, you you have to always build on the next one exactly you gotta believe but la- la- last thing that we'll hit on um the rsl heads off to arizona like we mentioned for the desert diamonds cup their last little preseason trip mm-hmm. um what are you guys lo- looking for in, in this la- last few games before the season begins before- uh, catch up upon i think for me personally i just want to see a lot of rotation getting everyone mm-hmm. minutes to see what everyone can bring because sometimes there's a lot guys are different when they get into a game scenario you might not always play to his best in training because he's trying so hard to impress the manager or whatever but sometimes you get in the game and they really do get to just show their stuff um so i just want to see everyone get an opportunity Try some different things out. Don't be afraid to take some risks. That's what the preseason's for. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just I'm super excited to see the guys get going. Yeah, um, for me, I just hope they're getting in shape towards the season. And honestly, the biggest thing is just building that chemistry with the new teammates, trying mm-hmm. them to get them buy in on their roles and understand them, so they can help contribute the best they can. But yeah. I was super excited. It's this close. I honestly cannot wait. I haven't been this excited for a season in a long time. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Yeah, kind of the same as you guys. Like, I, I hope with preseason, because obviously we don't want to see guys go full 90, but I want to see some of our new signings like Carlos Gomez and some of the young players just to get minutes and get just get that good chemistry and good communication before the season starts. So we don't have any no hiccups, no injuries, so nothing to worry about. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I'm super excited. I think once you get this close, the players and the fans, everyone, that's when you start to really realize how real it is and how close we actually are. I feel like these last few weeks have just been flying by. January is usually a month that seems like years for me, but it was like the fastest January ever. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Hopefully we get a little bit of a, a break on this cold weather once we start having our first couple of home games. But, you know, maybe it's, that's our little edge that we'll have over those other teams is coming down playing in this cold. Exactly, exactly. So we, got, we have a, a few weeks out, about two and a half weeks until – first kick of the, the season against Vancouver. Um, but you guys don't forget to head over to Twitter. Give us a follow at RSL Sunday podcast. And then while there, give the three of us a follow as well. Um, and then, yeah. then listen to our podcast, tell tell your friends and next, next week um, we'll, we'll, we'll do our predictions for this coming season. Yeah. So, and look out for then, the trivia questions as well on our Twitter. Absolutely. But until then um, we'll see you guys next week. Yep, thanks guys. Thanks guys, see ya. The HiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.